welcome to Clear Thinking Out Loud, written and narrated by Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge. Hi, I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and welcome to How to Dispute Irrational Beliefs Without Breaking Rapport with Your Client. Once upon a time, a beautiful princess sat at the edge of a clear, ornate pool in her palace grounds. Now, as she leaned over the pool to gaze at her reflection, her priceless bejeweled crown tumbled from her head and into the water with a loud splash. Now, at the sound of her all-is-lost scream, her royal attendants rushed to her from all sides in order to see what the problem was. And when they heard that her crown had fallen into the pool, they all frantically jumped one after the other into the pool themselves, thrashing about in search of the precious object. Now, of course, all this effort did nothing but churn the water and swirl up a lot of mud and rotten debris from the bottom of the pool. And all the while, the princess was screaming and shouting and cursing um, at her attendants to find her precious crown. And, of course, the water grew incredibly murky, and the crown disappeared from view completely, and the princess and her attendants were completely panicked. Now, at this point, who should come upon the chaotic scene but the palace storyteller, a bent and bowed old man with twinkling eyes. And with one glance, he took in the chaos, and rather than join the maelstrom and uh, jump into the pool with them, he sat calmly down at the princess's side and immediately launched into a riveting tale of times gone by. And his sonorous voice wove such a fascinating tapestry of love and adventure that the aides climbed out of the pool to sit down nearby and listen raptly, as though they were hypnotised by this story. And the princess herself stopped shrieking and for a time forgot all about the lost crown. By the time the storyteller came to the end of the elaborate tale, everyone and everything, even the mud in the pool, had settled down. And so the storyteller reached into the pool, once again still and clear, and easily plucked out the now plainly visible crown. Now, it's an interesting story, and it can be all too human to jump in too fast to fish out the meaning behind something, including a story. For instance, it's not always immediately clear why someone is taking longer than usual to reply to our email, or why they made a certain comment, or why they didn't seem to greet us in the morning, and so forth. It's easy to jump in too quickly and stir up the mud of our imagination and assume that we know what something must mean and when an event is ambiguous, a meaning vacuum occurs that can be far less comfortable for us to tolerate than the clarity that we prefer in life. Now, some people, much like the royal storyteller, can calmly sit with a meaning vacuum and wait for clarity to come along at its own time. They may even accept it's possible they'll never truly understand what happened in a certain situation. But when we prematurely stamp meaning onto an event, we lose a golden opportunity to truly understand it. Now, what does this have to do with our therapy or 
counselling clients. And the point here is that rushing to muddy the meaning of something causes people all kinds of problems in life. Emotion, as you know, triggers the imagination, which isn't a bad thing in itself. But problems can develop if we get into the habit of automatically believing that what we imagine is the whole truth rather than just one possible interpretation of reality. And that can mean that we can jump to conclusions which are um, very bad for us. People overwhelmed by strong emotions, such as depression, anxiety or anger, or jealousy, tend to rush to fill any information gap with negative meaning, and then believe that assumed meaning is an unshakable truth. They believe, or they may believe, that an emailed response is slow to appear because the other person is angry with them, for example, or instantly interpret an unclear comment as some kind of criticism. So rather than letting the meaning vacuum exist for a while, they fill the meaning vacuum with the contents of their imagination and then believe that to be true. And of course, this way of thinking just makes our clients feel worse. There's a real art to developing the capacity to wait and relax with waiting for meaning to become clear in its own time, to be cool in the real sense of the word. So here are three tips to help your clients learn to relax with and wait for clarity, rather than always having to rush to judgment. So number one, you can begin to cast subtle doubt. If your client tells you that her friends have started avoiding her since she became depressed because she's such terrible company, then rather than risk breaking rapport by forcefully disputing disbelief, you can gently ask evidence-seeking questions, such as, have, you, have any of your friends actually told you this? Okay, that, that, that you're bad company, and that that's why they don't want to see you. Or, have you overheard your friends talking about you in this way? Or, have you asked them why they haven't been seeing you? Or you might suggest, could it be that that's the depression talking? Or do you have any actual proof and evidence that this is why you haven't seen so much of your friends recently? Okay, of course their belief might be correct, but it might not be, that's the point. Or even more subtly, you might nod your head empathetically while someone is talking to you about their life and problems. But if they start saying how everybody at work hates me, stop nodding at that point. Okay, this sends a minimal message that there might be some doubt about this, but you haven't directly clashed against their belief system. This sends an almost subliminal signal that there may be something here we can be less sure of. Notice that this is not about telling people they're wrong. They may be right after all, perhaps they are. But the nature of an irrational belief is that it's not rational. Okay, and if it's not rational, then there are irrational reasons for having that belief, which may mean that the belief is unwarranted. So when you suspect that people are filling in a meaning gap without enough real evidence, you can just start to cast a little doubt here and there. Number two, ask them to generate other possible interpretations. So if you text your friend or leave a message and they don't get back to you, you could leap to the conclusion that they hate you. And people actually do this, so they can get back to me, I've, I've upset them, or I, they don't like me anymore. 
But is that the only conclusion you can draw? Okay. Or how about starting to generate multiple possible reasons? Okay, some of them quite mundane and uninteresting reasons or less dramatic reasons. You know, maybe their phone battery is dead. It's not a very exciting reason why they haven't got back to you, but it's just as valid as anything else. Or uh, they've left their phone, phone at home, perhaps. Okay, or maybe they've lost their phone. Or maybe they just haven't checked their phone for a while. Or maybe they, they've gone, they're swimming, you know, who knows, or at the gym or working out. Or uh, maybe they forgot to get back to you. They meant to get back to you and then got distracted and they forgot about it. Or maybe they're in a movie theater. Or maybe they're having a huge fight with someone and can't check other messages. Maybe they're worrying about something else. Maybe they're thinking about something else. Maybe they forgot to turn their ringer back on after work and they just didn't hear that they had received a message. Okay, who knows? Okay, the point is who knows? One thing's for sure, you don't know until you know for sure. There's simply not enough information to draw any conclusion, but drawing unfounded conclusions from insufficient evidence is no way to conduct a psychological um, healthy life. If a client gives you interpretations of events that are clearly damaging them, you can help them train their brain into generating lots of different possible explanations. Okay, and it's not to say that any of these explanations are right or correct, but they're just as likely to be as any other. Okay. This gets their brain to free itself from its normal assumption and expectations and to develop the capacity to hold off until the facts make themselves known, until the mud settles and we see what's really going on. Number three, draw a distinction between believing and knowing. So you believe, I'm guessing, that the Earth travels around the Sun and you've a pretty good reason to believe this, but you know from personal experience that it hurts when you stub your toe against a door. Okay, so one is a belief, however well-founded, the other is knowledge, okay, from experience. Two different ways of knowing. Some beliefs have more supporting evidence than others, but knowledge has to do with direct experience. And the trouble is that belief can easily masquerade as knowledge, so we need to remember the difference. You can talk to your clients about the difference between belief and knowledge and or you can just imply by the language you use that there is a difference. Okay, so um, for example, okay, you might say uh, that or the client might say, might say something like, um, I know she hates me now. You know, after this, after what I said, I, I just know she hates me now. And you might say, well, what are the main reasons that you believe this? Okay. Sometimes disputing irrational beliefs hinges on the final word, belief. So rather than, how do you know this? You know, what are the, some of the main reasons you believe this? So you framed it as a belief rather than immutable knowledge. And because ultimately, just like the storyteller who retrieved the crown from the bottom of the pool, we all need to be able to wait patiently and let things calm down before we see the meaning of them. Sometimes, I mean, of course, sometimes there are emergencies and sometimes we have to act fast, but with these sort of emotional patterns, then we can clearly see what there is and what, if anything, we should do about it. 
So I hope you found that useful. I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and if you'd like to subscribe to my email newsletter, you can find it over at unk.com slash blog. That's unk.com slash blog. <laughs>